Hi, everyone, and thanks for joining me for episode two of the podcast, Pour It Out with Alana Beverly. I am your host, Alana, and I'm so excited to have you join me again. Today on the podcast, I have my good friend Jade Barry with me, and we are going to take a deep dive into what it looks like to live a busy life, but yet an intentional and fruitful life. We have a really good conversation, and I'm really excited for you to hear it. So grab a cup of coffee, sit down, and join us as we pour it out. Good morning. Good morning. Thanks for being here. Of course. All right, go ahead and introduce yourself. Tell us a little bit about you. I am J.E. Berry, or Jade Berry. Uh, I'm born and raised in Oakland, California. And now residing here in Chillicothe, Ohio. Um, I am a wife, mama five, um, author, writer, speaker, business owner. <laughs> All the things. <laughs> All the <laughs> things. Um, yeah. So that's that's kind of like my livelihood in a nutshell. I'm, I'm missing some parts, I'm sure. But I'm sure you are. <laughs> So, okay. So this, this part is not the focus of the podcast today, but I do want to ask you about it. So give us the nutshell version of, um, you coming to Chillicothe, how that happened and also how you opened the stack. Okay. All right. Well, I feel like the, the whole like theme of this situation today is all about obedience. And, um, I obeyed something that I didn't even know was like a real act of obedience by coming here to Chillicothe in the first place, a friend releasing a book wanted me to sing for her pot, her launch. And, uh, and I come and I sing and she's like, Hey, let's walk the streets. I want to introduce you to Chillicothe. And first of all, I thought it was Chillicothe. (laughs) So I didn't even know. I mean, that's pretty accurate. (laughs) And then, um, and I don't know, she, we were walking the streets and, I was just kind of like, I felt in my heart, like God say, you need to work while I'm working. And, and that was like, so weird to me because I was like, I've never been to this place in the first place. Um, and so then I went home and prayed about it for six weeks. And then I asked God to give my husband a dream and he did. And my husband basically was like, Hey, so let's go visit. I'm not saying yes or no. (laughs) I've never heard of this place. Um, but let's go visit. So he came, we brought all of our children's. (laughs) <laughs> and he came home uh one night and was like this is it and it took us two years to get here so here we are in Chillicothe um and I knew like from the moment that God said that that it was like gonna be something different that I never had done before but I didn't know what I just knew I was being obedient with no stairs visible in front of me and I was just like all right well you know blind steps every step of the way so it was fine so then when we got here I don't know what I was thinking, but I feel like I thought just my presence was my obedience. And I was just like, oh, yay, I'm here, you know, whatever. And then, um, and uh, so six months after living here, or actually it wasn't even six months, it was like, let's see, August. So three months after we lived here, I went to Africa and I was just, I was asked to preach and I was full of fear and that was not like me. So I was like, well, something's off. So when I came home, I just started praying like, God, what are next steps? Because obviously the enemy is like so scared of what I have to come that he would push this like super impression of fear on me. There must be more. So I prayed 
like a lot. I fasted for three days and then I started to pray about like next steps. And then God gave me a vision for this storefront that would be um, a center place for the community. And I was like, okay, like I had never opened a store. I do have a degree in fashion design, but I did not (laughs) think that this is where this was going. Um, And then sure enough, like I wrote down the vision. I never told a soul. And then two months after I wrote down the vision, God released me to like start telling people and like, then he just walked me into a place and uh, where I would have favor. And I'll never forget sitting outside of the place where the store is at, at the fort and thinking, okay, God, you know, if the person I'm supposed to meet, if that person is here today, let me meet them. And I met my friend, my sweet friend. Um, And I was, I didn't even think that it was her, but then I was like, well, you know, I didn't meet anybody. Basically I left thinking I didn't meet nobody. And then two weeks later, I was having coffee with another friend. And I said, God, if this, if I've already met the person, confirm her or him in when I walk in the building. And sure enough, I walk in, I sit down. I think I didn't see anybody. And then I walk to the back of the building and there she was. And I got to share with her my heart, like, okay, God, like, let me spill the beans. And I didn't even know why I was spilling all of this information because I hadn't really told anybody about the idea about the store. But then like doors just swung wide open <laughs> and everything, like everything just lined up. That's why I feel like like obedience is hard. But once you get to that point where you say yes, things just start swinging open. It's yeah. the weirdest thing. Everything that you think is impossible. And I had no, I didn't even want to open a store. Like it wasn't like this dream I had. Like, up to that point, I didn't even think about anything like that. But like, as soon as I wrote the vision of, you know, okay, let's write this business plan, everything just kind of poured out and then everything just lined up and it was, you know, and it's been such a ministry to chill coffee and to me and, um, seeing all the, I mean, the first couple months I was open, I had wives who were coming out of divorce, like coming in there, spilling their guts all over the countertop and like, <laughs> It was the wildest thing, but it's been, it's been a huge, huge blessing. And, um, every day is like an act of obedience. So, yeah. I love it. It's so neat that, I mean, even just your like wording of things, because it's, you wrote down the vision and that's what I did. And, you know, it's just that Habakkuk to yeah. thing where it's like, you know, it takes time and, but it, he's faithful yeah. and in his timing. And it's so neat. It's so cool too. I love reflecting on the story because yeah. I was a part of it yeah. from the very beginning. And I can remember like seeing you. I remember being at the postmark now, but back then it was the Madison. Like I can see you like up there leading worship. I remember coming to meet you. I remember getting your book. I remember all the things. And then through those two years, I remember messaging you like, are you still coming? What's going on here? What's, what's, what, what are you doing? And then it was like, oh, I'm going to Africa. Oh, I'm doing this. And I was like, who is this person? Like, who is she? Because she is like, she just seems so free spirited and just so like bold and obedient. And, but she does crazy things. And she's either like, actually like, just radically obedient or she's crazy. A little bit of both. <laughs> <laughs> and I was like, I remember being like, cause we didn't have, you know, there's no real like mutual people to right. talk to because nobody really knew you. We all just kind of knew you from a distance. And so I was like, 
I think that we're going to be friends. Like I feel really connected to her, but also I, what if she's crazy? (laughs) And so here we are. And then you moved and I can even remember, like, I remember sitting down with you at paper city and you telling me about your dream for the stack and just telling me the whole story. And so it's neat to look at where we are now and I love it. I'm so happy that you're here. Um, Well, since you've been here and you kind of alluded to this in the beginning in your intro, but you literally do all the things like you have joined every board that there is in the town. (laughs) You are every time we sit down, you're like, I have this meeting. I have this meeting. I have this meeting because I'm on this board and this committee and all the things you started acting. You started doing real estate. (laughs) You started doing all the things. Plus you have five children that you have to run to and from practices and school and their activities and all the things. But, um, so you are like the definition of busy, I think. And I wanted to talk to you today because I think that's such a, a thing in our culture. We wear busyness like a badge of honor. And it's like, I'm busy. And so when you get asked to do things, you're like, I'm sorry, I can't. I'm busy. We let relationships fall. We let friendships just slip through our fingers in the name of I'm too busy. And that is not the case with you. Like you are busy and your schedule is full and your calendar you pull your calendar up and I'm like, what is that? But, but you never are too busy for the things and the people that are important to you. And so I guess, first of all, like for the woman who does it all, how do you do it all? I think, I think it's really hard to like encapsulate like the how part. Um, I honestly think it's the why, like the why I do all the things that I do is like so important because the last, before the last three years, I mean, for 15 years, I was home with my kids and, you know, I worked a little bit at first and then literally for at least a 13 year time period, I was home and doing all the things at home. I was doing other things, but majority of it was home. So like starting the stack and having a business and being a part of jail coffee, like kicked my life into super duper high gear, which I almost feel like that was all obviously I was prepared for all of that through doing all the things at home. But the most important thing I think that has been on the forefront for me is the, why do I do all the things? Like, why am I intentionally making time for certain things and certain people in my life? Um, and the how of that comes from the why, like, and that's not to say that I don't neglect certain parts of my life or even certain people, but trying to like turn back, the turn back is the redemption, I feel like, of everything. Like if you never turn around and look back or never realize that there's a gap, then that's when you have a huge problem. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think that the way I have been intentional has been literally scheduling people mm-hmm. that like there's certain people in my life that have a time block on my calendar. Like I have to time block people that I mean like my, my aunt Jan, but basically like I give her every Wednesday morning Mm -hmm. and come hell of hot water, unless, um, I cannot come see her. Mm -hmm. Like there's some things you just have to say, okay, this is necessary for my spiritual, emotional, mental health. Um, and you just, you prioritize and you have to think to yourself, if I give this thing up, 
what other things is the ripple effect? Like mm-hmm. what else is paying the cost for me giving these things up? And, you know, you don't think of things you, like people don't like to compartmentalize their life, but you have to compartmentalize your life. First of all, for sanity, mm-hmm. you cannot <laughs> not mm-hmm. compartmentalize. And people say you can't compartmentalize your friends, but you have to mm-hmm. for sanity. Like you have to compartmentalize your life in order to better serve your life and other people's lives. And that's the only way that you can do things half decent. You know, you can't do life well if everything is like scattered all over your plate. I have this, I have a cousin who cannot let her food touch on the plate. And I think think about that. And then my husband like swirls everything together on the plate, but it's like, nothing is, you can't tell what the things are because they're swirled in on the plate. So you have to be like, so strategic about, your life sometimes and sometimes it feels rigid but then the result of that is fruitful and mm-hmm. the result of that is you know consistency you know we meet every single week unless yeah. like something happens you know you have to just think like what are the parts if i give up that thing what else is going to suffer like yeah. that's the hard thing um but when it comes to like being on 6 billion boards i see the value long-term and, you know, about legacy. And, um, so those are the parts that I pour into and I want my kids to see that, right. you know, about you be a part of things that, you know, are going to affect change and are going to have a positive impact. And some things I'm like, if I'm not the Holy spirit that walks in the building, then who is it going to be? Yeah. You know what I'm saying? That's really so. good. That's a really good way to view it. Yeah. So how many, cause like, I know, you know, we have our set time yeah. typically on Monday mornings. Um, but even if we can't do it on Mondays, we readjust and, yeah. and do it a different day. Um, and then you have aunt Jan, is there anybody else that is a set? Like, this is for sure what I have to do um, or let's see, honestly, I just have those two that are like rigid. And then I meet with some people like once a month, um, and like people I mentor, I kind of like meet with them once a month or twice a month. And that's more, you know, depending on work schedules and stuff like that. But, um, I don't have like a whole lot of like time blocks because my time is already really, really blocked. Um, and I, I, I feel like that was strategic on a God part too. Cause like there's different things that happen in different places. Like for us, I feel like we jog out our life together think our life together, put God's word on it, put God's spirit on it, pray about it, you know, that. And for when I meet with um, my aunt on Wednesdays, I feel like that is like a place of release for both of us, but um, it's just different. Like, cause mm-hmm. we come, when we, when we and her get together, it's like, we just kind of breathe mm-hmm. and then we go on without, with the rest of our, you know, with the rest of our week. But, um, it's kind of like when you go to church on Sunday and then you're like, oh, I need a refill on Wednesday. <laughs> <laughs> it's just like that. And like, okay, now I can breathe and I go on with the rest of the week. <laughs> so it's just like that. But then I have other, like, there's just certain people that I don't have them time blocked, but I make sure I'm texting all the time. I'm making mm-hmm. sure um, that they just know, like, and I hug well because I'm like, I might be the only hug somebody gets that day. Like, you just have to, sometimes I think people would think they're too busy because just because they can't sit for an hour. But I feel like you can just like be intentional in the moment. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Like there's people, I don't even know their last name, but I'm gonna hug them hard and I'm gonna be like, are you okay? And look them in the face and be like, but are you okay? What can I be praying for you right now in this moment? Yeah. 
So I feel like sometimes that those are the times where, you know, we underestimate those, the drive-by meetings or whatever. Yeah. So, yeah. Well, yeah. And I think that's something I had to learn because I am quality time is Mm -hmm. high up on my list. And so I've had to learn, like, it doesn't necessarily mean two hours. Sometimes it does. Sometimes it's a text. Sometimes it's a phone call. Sometimes it is stopping by the house and saying, I have five minutes, but I just wanted to hug your neck. Yeah. You know, and doing that and being intentional in the moment and doing that and just how much it means. Yeah. And, and not only like when you said like might be the only hug that person gets that day, but also like we just got done talking before we recorded, like sometimes it's the last time you get to hug the person and you don't know it's going to be the last time you hug the person. And so just always making sure that you are intentional in the moment because it might be the last time. And when you look back, I want to always say like, I know that that person knew I love them. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I know that I don't, there's no regret or there's no, I could have done more. I should have done more. I want to know the last interaction we had, they left knowing I love them. Yeah. That's good. Yeah. And I feel like, you know, some, I feel like sometimes the, the people closest to us get the, the back end of that stick yes. sometimes because you're with them all the time. And, um, but at the end of the day, like you just have to do your best. Like, I think sometimes we do nothing because we think it's not our best. So you do nothing. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like sometimes you just have to do it. Like yeah. it doesn't have to look like this cookie cutter, blah, 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 blah. Like you need to just get in there and do it and you'll get to your best when you get to your best. Like yeah. just get in there and do the thing. Um, because sometimes we hold out for what it's supposed to look like as opposed to, you know, oh, um, I'm here now. Let me hug them now. And you might not have to have the time to be there for five minutes, but yeah. you still can look people in the face and be like, oh, hey, I love you. Yeah. And then just move on with your life. You don't that sometimes that one little five second interaction is all someone needed to like carry on. Yeah. So we need to not neglect those moments like. Cause that's hard. Like yeah. that's hard. And that, even for me, like sometimes I'm like, if I can't spend, you know, all this time with this person, like sometimes I'm just like, eh, 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 you know, yeah. <laughs> I can't do anything then. <laughs> um, but I think we underestimate the small moments sometimes personally, like seriously, I, I can, like, I'm such a quick mover and you know, this, mm-hmm. like I'm such a quick mover that a lot of things can fall to my blind sides. And I'm like, I'm doing this, I'm doing that, I'm doing this, I'm doing that. And so I have to intentionally like focus my eyes in mm-hmm. like on mm-hmm. things and people to make sure that I do, you know, do or the have thing. me to say, hey, go home and take a nap. <laughs> yeah. Get out <laughs> go of take here. 15 minutes and go yeah. take, take a nap. nap. <laughs> yeah. But I mean, and that's the, the good thing about like you have to be okay with being held accountable. Like stuff hurts, but you have to be okay with being held accountable. And if your friend is like, hey, I ain't seen you in a month. You can't be a sourpuss and be like, well, too bad. I've been busy or what? You know what I mean? Like <laughs> you can't be offended. Just like Seer. Yeah. <laughs> it's not that hard. Yeah. Um, but I feel like we're just, it's so easy for us to get defensive on that kind of stuff that it makes it harder to connect with people. And then we just don't do the thing. Like it's the same like revolving cycle and intentionality is literally like just doing it without thinking too hard about it. Yeah. You know what I mean? And this kind of goes with everything that we've talked in. So you may have something to add. You may not. I don't know. But I just feel like you're somebody who you're fruitful, like your life bears fruit. 
And in all areas, as a friend, I know that I've never felt neglected by you. Um, even in your busiest seasons, I know you are somebody I can text and say, I need to talk to you. And you may respond with, I need you to give me 20 minutes, but I'll call you. Yeah. You know, it may not be right in the moment. Now, if I said, I need you right this second, I know that you would drop everything and talk to me right this second. Um, I remember back when we had COVID, when I had COVID, um, back, it was in the very beginning of things where I had to isolate from my family. And I can remember like you calling and ordering pizza for our family because I was in isolation and it was like, you didn't have time to go make a meal because it was right around Thanksgiving and stuff. So you knew I don't have the capacity to go make a homemade meal. I don't have the capacity to go do a whole, put a whole gift basket together or whatever. I can order pizza. And it was just the thoughtfulness behind that meant so much to our whole family because it was like, I think sometimes again, like we think we've got to spend the time or we think it's got to be this big elaborate thing. Sometimes it's just, I'm a door dash you food. Yeah. I know that you're having a busy day. I know that you're having a rough day. I'm going to send you chocolate covered strawberries from sweet William. Like, you know, (laughs) just those little things. And so I know as a friend, that's how you do that with me. Um, it's the little thing calling me at like 6 a.m. on my birthday to sing to me, like those little things. But like with your family, like I look at your kids, your kids respect you. They honor you. Like I think of the scripture that says like they're going to rise up and call you blessed. And I see that already. Um, your husband adores you. Like your customers that come into the store, they adore you. So like I guess how do you – maybe not how, but like – every area of your life is so fruitful. Is that because of the intentionality you think? Is that like, how are you able to, is it the, I'm guessing it's the Holy Spirit. Like, is it the Holy Spirit? It's like, you need to call that person. You need to order that pizza. You need to. Absolutely the Holy Spirit. And also, you know, using, making sure I'm accessing the Holy Spirit to tell me no like when I need to hear, because there's people I can't be connected to that. Mm -hmm. The Holy Spirit is like, girl, no, (laughs) like that ain't the one don't connect to that, that branch. Um, but also like just being humble enough to be okay with hearing like, Hey, I I'm being neglected on this side and not being offended and being like, Oh my bad. And then look over there and be like, I love you. (laughs) You know, (laughs) um, just being slow to offense, I think has been like the biggest portion of how I can connect with like I have no problem with my kids saying hey that wasn't cool or hey mom you told me not to do that but I saw you do that like I don't have a problem with that I have no I actually we actually encourage that with our kids like if you see me acting crazy doing something watching something that I've told you is clearly not of God then you need to tell me so I can get my life right like this yeah there's no I feel like the biggest aspect of all of it is humility like even, and I am like, you know how I am. Like if I know something to be true, I can like deliver it with no honey on it. Yep. You know what I'm saying? Yep. But humility tells you, you know, to slow your, slow your thought process and calm down and receive the, the perspective of another person. And like, even like, like being open to like a rebuke, like me and my husband had a conversation the other day. And about like time spent and stuff like that. And, 
And sometimes my brain, first of all, my brain is very scattered, but that's how I function well. Mm-hmm. Like I can't, I'm not a one track mind person, literally can kill me. <laughs> so, <laughs> um, But we had a conversation, like sometimes my eyes are so everywhere mm-hmm. that I miss stuff. And sometimes you have to just be like, okay, let me take a moment and digest what I've missed so that I can be fruitful in every area. Because quite honestly, there's no such thing as a straight lined person who's constantly consistent who's constantly like there's zigzags up in there yeah. like you have to be okay with someone helping you bring yourself back into alignment and that's been like the major part of what has been the core of everything moving forward in my life like yeah. I am okay with people telling me hey you got that wrong like yeah hey you need to fix this hey honestly that has been the most um, fruitful part of why God has allowed me to do all the things that I've done and continues to bless us in our family and through our businesses and all of that stuff is being okay with being pushed back into alignment yeah. with, with God is saying like you have to be a person who's teachable and moldable and pliable that is the only way you can be fruitful in anything that you and do open like, to the pruning and I mean, open that's what to it is. the pruning yeah, yeah. And not be offended. Like yeah. it's so easy for us to be offended when someone is trying to bring forth their perspective of how they've interacted with us. Mm-hmm. Um, but I honestly think it's literally just the Holy Spirit and the Holy Spirit brings about that gift, like gentleness and kindness and humility is, I mean, that's all wrapped up into what he puts inside of us. And sometimes it takes a long time to work out the flesh <laughs> to even mm-hmm. Let him do what he's going to do. You know what I mean? So, yeah, I think the Holy Spirit has definitely been, you know, so much more um, in front of me than as a baby Christian, I'd say. Like, but this season has moving to Chillicothe has literally made me depend on his voice second by second. Yeah. Which I think is really neat because it's like you can see the really big areas that he has, but then also the little area, oh, yeah. the, the smaller areas. It's yeah. really neat to see that. Especially the moment by moment intentionality. Yeah. Like you have to depend on the Holy Spirit to know that a stranger needs to be hugged. Yes. You know what yes. I'm saying? Like you don't just go around hugging strangers. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Very true. Just don't, don't do it. Yes. Guys. Yes. this podcast really quick to tell you about a few partnerships that I have with some downtown businesses here in Chillicothe. The first one is from Sweet William Bossom Boutique. They have the absolute best chocolate covered strawberries in the whole entire world. If you have not had them, run down there and get them. They have other gourmet treats. They have charcuterie boards. They have lots of things. They also have the most beautiful flowers. And so I get the honor and the privilege of having their flowers on my dining room table for each conversation that I have with a friend. And it just really sets the atmosphere in here. And I'm so, so thankful. Guys, they are located at 90 West 2nd Street. If you have not been there, go there. Check them out. They are absolutely amazing. My other one is Roast Coffee. It is located at 107 East 2nd Street in the Fort Collective. They have the best coffee, hands down, best drinks that you will find here in Chillicothe. 
And each week when I sit down with a friend, as we pour it out over coffee, we will be pouring it out over roast coffee. And so we're really excited to have that partnership. Um, Both of these places are located in our beautiful downtown. Go check them out. You can look them up and follow them on social media and just make sure that you let them know that Elena sent you. Okay, so how do you avoid burnout for somebody who, you know, does all the things and even though you have learned to say no and things like that, I guess, do you get burnout and what does that look like and how do you intentionally take steps to avoid it? Well, one, I feel like burnout is almost unavoidable. Um, But I've learned to say no to things that don't align with what I feel God has called me to. And I'm going to interject here. Like, how do you say no well? Because I feel like for me personally, I'm a people pleaser, shocker, and I have gotten a lot better over the years, but that is something that is still hard for me is saying no and feeling like I'm letting people down by saying no. So is it a, I know I have to say no, so therefore I don't care how it comes across, or is it, there's just a really good way to say no? And if there is, what is that? Yeah. Well, that letting people down thing is is huge. Uh, there's a line in the song, and you're gonna hate me for this, but there's a line in the in Jira that says, "I wasn't holding you up, so there's nothing I can do to let you down." And that is so true for every interaction, every person that we're in contact with. We're not holding them up, so we can't let them down. Like it's like if they That's down true. there, because they lay down there. You know what I'm okay, saying? So thank you. you. <laughs> And this is how our conversations go every Monday. Every Monday. Yeah. That's, I mean, seriously. Um, And I feel like I've gotten out of the guilt of that. Like um, there's only some set of people, which is my family that I am worried about, like not showing up for Mm -hmm. and everyone else, um, they have their place in your life, but you have to be careful that you haven't placed them so highly in a priority zone that actually isn't for them. Yeah. Um, and realizing this is something I have to tell, I've told so many people, but everybody's emergency is not your priority. Like you have to get out of thinking that because this is their emergency. Now it's your priority. That's not, yeah, that's not how that works. (laughs) You know? So, I mean, honestly, like coming up from under the, the guilt of, um, but if I don't, who will? Because that ain't true. Somebody's going to show up. Mm-hmm. Somebody will fill the hole. And I was the person like, if I don't show up for the things, oh my God, like nobody's going to, they going to come. Yeah. They coming. <laughs> somebody's going to fill the hole. Um, And then telling people no, like it's, it's really just like the the sandwich, like the sandwich. Method, like, <laughs> oh my sandwich. gosh, girl, that is such a good idea. Um, But I have a different priority <laughs> on that day. You know, maybe next time. But you know, girl, I'm encouraging you and I am praying for you. (laughs) And it's going to be great. (laughs) And girl, and if nothing else, she's going to be like, she's going to be strong in the Lord. That's what what I've heard. That is it. That's what I've heard more than anything. They're going to be strong in the Lord. They are. I mean, mean, because our mind goes to the worst case scenario. And honestly, it's never, it's hardly ever the worst case scenario. I know. I heard a podcast and they were talking about um, 
learning to empathize Mm -hmm. instead of jumping into help. And they were saying like, I used to be the person that would jump in and be like, oh my gosh, your car broke down. I'll I'll come and I'll come to get you and I'll come and save you. And they had to learn how to empathize. Oh man, that really sucks. I'm really sorry. I really hope that you're able to get some help soon, you know, and just leaving it at that because sometimes you're not able to drop your whole Mm -hmm. life. And I have (laughs) even just yesterday, um, I had to literally tell myself that five times (laughs) because there was a situation with like carpooling and drop off and all of the things. And I was like, okay, I could have somebody else come get my kids so that I could transport. No, it wasn't yours. It wasn't yours. But I was thinking like, well, it was, it was yours, but then there was somebody else that needed me too. And so I was like, okay, I can have my parents come get my kids and then I can transport these kids and I can do all the things. And I was like, that is way too much work. And it is actually not my responsibility. So I can say, I'm really sorry. I can't help. And guess what? Like, we're still friends at the end of the day and everything is still fine. And everybody got where they needed to go and it was was all fine. And so, yeah. Yeah. And I think the burnout thing is, is like, you just have to literally listen to your mind. Like right now I'm on the brink of burnout and I know it. So I've scheduled nothing for September. So I'm just doing nothing for September. And I literally traveled all of August. Mm-hmm. Dear God, I traveled all of August. And my body's like, girl, sit down. Like, yes. there's, you cannot <laughs> do anything else. But um, you literally just have to listen to your body, mind, body, spirit, and the Lord. Like, rest is important, even though I literally do not even know the meaning of that word. And even when I'm resting, my brain is doing all the things. Yeah. Um, but you have to get to a place where you just like, sometimes I'll just sit in the car for like 20 minutes and be good. Like, yep. and it's, you have to just not feel guilty about stuff. I think honestly, especially as a woman, we feel guilty about any time we spend on ourselves. Like if yeah. we feel like we're serving ourselves, we immediately are like, Oh my God, I should be doing this. I can do that. Like, it's like, no guilt free. Yeah. <laughs> learn to be guilt free. Um, but I think realizing that burnout is essentially inevitable at some point in life, it will help you to realize, okay, then I should probably structure things in a way that I at least won't get there as quickly. So is that where you like sitting in your car for 20 minutes or, um, you know, whatever, is that what self-care looks like Mm -hmm. for you? I mean, I know self-care is a big, you know, big word, whatever. Um, but, and it looks, it looks and means different things to different people. So, for you, like, is that your, is self-care something like your intentional meetings with your set people every week? Is that what self-care looks like to you? Is it sitting in your car for 20 minutes? Is it a combo of those things plus other things? Like what? I feel like for me, self-care is like laughter. Like laughter is, I mean, I can cut a rug with the best of them. I need to joke. And, And I, and that's hard for because I find things funny that might not be funny to <laughs> It can be dangerous. Um, but honestly, <laughs> laughter and um, and sitting in the quiet. Like, I need to be able to sit in the quiet. Especially because I am constantly in commune. Like, yeah. literally from the moment my eyes open in the morning, there's sound happening around me. And though I am an extreme extrovert, like I have to have time to collect my thoughts mm-hmm. and sometimes just sit in the car chilling for 10 minutes, 20 minutes. It like revives my life. Yeah. Um, 
because for whatever reason, when I walk in the door at home, work comes back on again. And I'm like, <laughs> clean all the things. Like I am like a spaz. Um, but I think, you know, it's self-care is different in every season. Like you can't, we get, I think we get so caught up into thinking that it's, it's one thing all the time. And every season literally requires a different something. Yeah. And we have to be open to that. I think being open to the change of who we are and how things work is the magic sauce mm-hmm. to adjusting well. Yeah. You know, and change is freaking hard. <laughs> like, yeah. People yeah, hate it's... change. People hate all the things that make them uncomfy and wiggly in their seat. So yeah. I really think that being open to change, even though it's not comfortable, is the, you know, the juice that will get you from one season to the next and yeah. will help you not burn out. Like you have to be open to, okay, this doesn't feel good, but this is for my best. Okay. This doesn't feel good, but this is going to move me along. Okay. Right. This doesn't feel good, but is my quality of life going to be better yeah. because I let this <laughs> thing happen? Um, yeah. And I also think that honestly, having people like you who are like, okay, girl, stop. Like you have to, I mean, honestly, and I've had friends just in this last week that have been like, Hey, so you need to say no. And Mm -hmm. I need that. And Mm -hmm. we all need that, but we have to be open to that. Mm -hmm. You know, what's really funny is like, I feel like people say they want that, but they actually don't want that. The accountability. Accountability. Oh yeah. Yeah. Well, and sometimes it's not always received. Like even I'll give an example of me and you, like, Earlier in the intro podcast, I had talked about, like, I had had a conversation with a friend and they had challenged me to dream. And I was like, I don't have any dreams. And they were like, well, what about the podcast? And I was like, it's on the back burner. And the whole conversation of like, I just feel like you're going to be resentful one day. Um, Hello, let me introduce you to the friend that said that to me. Um, It was you, you know, and it was, that was an accountability moment. You weren't mean, you weren't harsh. It hurt my feelings yeah. and it stung and I walked away like, but I'm not you and yeah. I'm not talented like you. And I don't have, I can't just do all the things because I don't, I'm not good at anything and I don't have, or not anything, but you know, yeah. and it was awful, but that was accountability. Mm-hmm. And then look at where I am now because your words just played over and over and over <laughs> in my mind and it brought growth. And then I think of you, like you had signed yourself up to do um, something later in this month. And when I had heard about it, I called you and I was like, I heard you signed yourself up for this. Do you really think that's smart? Yeah, girl, it's fine. I'm going to need that. Like, I'm going to, I'm going to go and it's going to be great. And I was like, I think that's a terrible idea though. Like, I really think that's a terrible idea. It was a terrible (laughs) idea. So then a few weeks later, I get a text saying that you weren't doing that anymore. And I was like, oh, look. (laughs) So I think it's like, it's not always received in the moment. Accountability, I think we think it's like accountability is cheering you on. Mm -hmm. And it is in some seasons. But sometimes it's, hey, you're either being lazy and you need to dream more and you need to go bigger and stop doubting yourself and you need to believe in yourself. Or it's, hey, you're doing too much. Stop signing up for all of these things and sit down. Honestly, sit down. (laughs) (laughs) That's so true, though, because, I mean, I almost feel like sometimes people are, like, scared to tell me no and to tell me to tell people no. 
Um, but at the same time, people benefit from you not saying no. Yeah. So then they're not, sometimes they're just not going to tell you. Um, but you have to have people around you who are not going to pat you on the back all the time. Yeah. It's not that they don't love you. And I, I mean, and you will tell the world, you know, I am not, if you want sprinkles on the truth, mm-hmm. I'm a, I'm a servant to you with grace, but honey, it ain't coming with sprinkles <laughs> because life is short and I'm trying to keep you off the train tracks. You yes. know what I'm saying? Yeah. So you have to have people that are like, Hey, no. And who are going to look you in the eye and tell you, no. Yeah. Why are you doing that? Yeah. But does that align with your purpose? Yeah. But did God say do that? Like you have to have people in your life that are going to do that. And you have to, you know, the hard thing is, is like, we want, we want God to be in all the parts of our lives, except for the things that we decide not to let go and give to him. Yes. And it's like, then we're mad at God be, for something that we never gave to him. Yeah. Like, God, why didn't you bless this thing? It's like, honey, I ain't never seen it. Cause you ain't yeah. never gave it to me. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Yes. Or, and also we want the accountability, but we don't want to put in the work that it takes to have the relationship yeah. for the accountability. Yeah. You can't hold everybody accountable yeah. because you don't have the ability. You don't have Access. the relationship with them mm-hmm. to do that. But because we have the friendship that we do, you can say hard truths to yeah. me and I can say things to you because you know my heart and I know your heart yeah. and I know that you're for me and you know that I'm for you. So I'm not coming at you saying you need to not do yeah. this. And it's like, discouraging you or whatever it's I see you and I see that you need to rest and you need to stop doing this yeah but we're at a place because we've been together every week yeah. for two years now and so we've built this over time yeah. where it's like you have full authority to speak into my life and I have full authority to speak into yours yeah and I think that's where kind of coming full circle with like relationships and stuff we want to use that busyness badge and say, well, I just don't have time for that kind of friendship. And I don't have that time for whatever, because I'm too busy, but it's like, this is why it's important Yeah, because that's how, that's how iron sharpens iron. That's how you're able to hold people accountable because you invest the time and build the equity in the relationship. Yeah. So then when you need to hold each other accountable, you can. It's open. Yeah. And that's how you grow. That's exactly the truth right there, because I feel like we, um, it's just, it's like our world right now. Like everybody wants freedom, but they don't want the consequence of being free. Yeah. And, or the things that are having the consequence of the things that they're doing while they are quote unquote free to do all the things. And it's like, you can't ask for accountability and then be mad at the result of asking for the accountability. Right. And you have to actually be open to accountability when you're asking for someone to be your accountability partner. I've seen so many friendships go to poop because the person was like, yeah, hold me accountable. And then they held accountable and then they run off to the wilderness and be like, <laughs> who's she? <laughs> well, well, yeah, you asked for it. You asked for accountability, but I mean, and quite honestly, like, I feel like in, as in the body of Christ, like you don't even have to ask for accountability. It's a part of being right. a part of the body. Right. So if you're in a body and people in your body are holding you accountable like suck it up, buttercup. Like, well, you, that's the thing though. You have to be a part of the body and we're such fickle people that we're like, I want a body. <laughs> I just like the head. He's fine. <laughs> yeah. So <laughs> you gotta get, it's that whole, you gotta, you gotta plug in. You yeah, gotta, you have, to, you plug have in. to plug into people. You have to plug in and inform relationships. Yeah. Otherwise you. And community is protection. Yes. Yes. 
community is protection. And no, it don't always feel good. Like all your friends should not be around you with feathers tickling you all the time. Like yeah. some need to be, you know, what are those prickly things that fall off the trees? They need to be those. Yeah. Okay. You need people that are going to poke you Yeah. and be all up in your business and tell you, Hey girl, you're not within the love right now. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> like yes. you have to have those people, but I feel like everybody wants everything until the everything becomes something uncomfortable. And yeah. that's just not real. Well, yeah. And intentionality is all about being okay with both the feathers and the pricklies. Yeah, that's good. Look at you. Look at that. Well, is there anything that you want to add that you have that I have not asked or anything that you're like, I really want to say this? Um, I've had this conversation with several people recently about how I really feel like, you know, there is a move in the body of Christ that's like separating the wheat from the tares. And um, I would say that in this season, um, God is asking us to not only be intentional, but be aware of him in all the things. And I say that because I feel like we like to separate God from Mm -hmm. every day Mm -hmm. and he's in all the things, in all the things Mm -hmm. and making a separation between him and the every day literally limits your impact on, you know, what you could do. And, and I know some people always ask me like, how do you, you know, mix business with ministry and da, da, da. And it's like, God is in all the things yeah. like just because this is a clothing store does not mean that God is not in what I'm doing here. And yeah. you can't even in your relationships, like God is in your relationships. So if you have a friend who's not a believer, that doesn't remove God from the friendship, the friendship. Mm-hmm. And you have an accountability or a responsibility, whether you like it or not, to reveal that. Yeah. You know what I mean? And because we're in a time of, you know, separation and people think separation is a bad thing. And we don't realize that holiness is a separation. Yeah. (laughs) Like to be holy is to be made separate. And if you're not separate, something is wrong. Yeah. So, you know, we have to be okay with separation and unity in the body, separation from the world. Yes. Like we have to be okay. And even in the body, you're separate in some areas because everyone has a different part. Like your arm is not connected to your toes for a right. reason. You know what I'm saying? Right. There is a difference in, you know, there's a unified separation and then there's a complete separation from the world. Yes. And we have to be okay. Some people are so afraid to walk alone that they never will see their purpose yeah. fully revealed to them because they're so afraid to walk alone. Well, God has to get you alone so that you can hear him and yeah. see what he's got for you to see. And, um, Separation is not a bad thing. Yeah. But in order for him to reveal like the truth of who his people are, it ha- it has to happen. Like, yeah. and we have to be aware. And honestly, I think that in this um, realm of time, being okay with separation is literally the difference between life and death. Yeah. 100%. And even for me, I'm coming out of a season, you know, this of like, of, of that, of being separated. And, 
and part of it was, you know, I think it was caused by hurt and things that I had walked through that caused me to separate. Mm -hmm. But in it, in that season, I mean, I found the Lord in a deeper way. And Mm -hmm. then there was a point where he was like, I didn't cause the hurt and I didn't cause all of that stuff to happen, but I really needed you alone. Mm -hmm. And in that season, I mean, he built a lot of things. He built a greater confidence. He healed some areas that really needed healed. He spoke truth to areas that needed truth spoken to. Um, But then it's like part of the fruit of it is this podcast. And it wouldn't have happened had I not had the season alone. And it was hard. Yeah. It was hard. I mean, there were days especially that were really, really hard, but it was necessary. Yeah. And I think it's, it's hard too, because sometimes in our culture, like we're all about, yeah, yeah. Party time. Let's party all together. Let's have fun all the time. Like the whole, the whole nine. And then it's like, yeah, that's great. But at the same time, we are all different people. Like, so it's, it's almost like the David, like David being, you know, separate from the kingdom that he was about to rule. Yeah. Like he knew he was going to be a king, but that brother was on the run for his yeah. life. <laughs> yes. Separate from the kingdom yes. that he was going to rule. Yes. And all we see is the crown. Like mm-hmm. you can't be so affixed on the crown that you forget all the stuff, you know, that's going to get you to the crown. Yeah. And we hate the process. We hate process mm-hmm. as a people. We hate process. I am, I'm a quick thinker. So my brain is like high telling it to the end. Like mm-hmm. where's the goal? Uh Um, but you have to slow that down and embrace the process and embrace the separation and embrace being set apart. Like that was one of the things that why I wrote that book set free to be set apart Mm -hmm. because we were waiting to move here. And it was like, we waiting to move here. Everybody think we crazy because we're trying to move to a city that no one can pronounce. (laughs) Ain't nobody heard of. We don't know nobody there. This whole nine. And God just imparted to me that you are set free to be set apart for my purposes, not yeah. your purposes. So yeah. the way you get there has nothing to do with you. You just obey, listen to my voice and move forward. Like yeah. you, you have to come to a point where your obedience overtakes everything. Yeah. But that's the, the that is the trick of the whole thing. Like obedience brings you everything you ever wanted. Yes. So it's kind of like, yes. But that's the thing. It's almost like there's this meme where it's like a God, Jesus is holding this big teddy bear yes. in the back of him. And he's got this little baby. He wants to take the baby one. It's literally that meme. Yeah. But we get so caught up in the what we can hold ourselves yeah. that we miss the entire thing. Yeah. Well, and that you may have just answered this and you may say that was my answer. But <laughs> at the end of it, at the end of each show, I just asked the question, like, what do you feel God is speaking to you right now personally? Is it that or is it? No, I honestly feel like God is speaking to me to be prepared. Mm-hmm. Um, because so I've had so many people speak all these crazy things to me that like, you know how you hear one thing from a person, you can laugh it off. And then you hear it from nine and you're like, okay, wait, mm-hmm. this is something. Mm-hmm. Um I feel like God is telling me that now is a time of preparation, which even is probably goes back into that se- being separated mm-hmm. kind of thing. And, um, and t- saying, no, like I need it now. I need, I feel like God is saying you need to say no to the things that do not line up with where I'm taking you. 
and be prepared. Like in that, that same scripture, like being prepared in and out of season, like mm-hmm. plays over and over and over and over again. I remember when I opened the store, like I had no money, no clue, no nothing. And I'm like, well, I better write this business plan. <laughs> <laughs> but it was like, you know, you just, it's always obedience over sacrifice. And I have to remind myself of that all the time. But God is, God is not a God of um, wasted time. Yeah. Though he's outside of time, he ain't wasting time. Yeah. He's not sitting around thinking, you know, oh my gosh, I'm running out of time. Oh my God. Like he's not sitting thinking that he is doing things beyond time that we will mm-hmm. never understand and being prepared to be on that timeline, mm-hmm. like whatever that is. And right now I kind of feel like I need to be home more and prepare my home more. I don't know what he's doing. Like, mm-hmm. <laughs> and I got kids getting married and graduating and like all the things. And this is probably like the busiest season I've ever had in my entire life, but the most fulfilling season I've ever had in my entire life. And I've seen God do in three years more, like 10 times more than he's done that I've seen in 13 years of being in ministry. You know what I mean? So I feel like that the biggest thing God is saying to me is be prepared. I love it. Well, thanks for being here. Obviously. And I mean, you'll be back for sure, but (laughs) thanks for being here and I love you and we appreciate you and our city is better. I can speak on behalf of all of Chillicothe. I think that um, you have made your mark here and you have left an impact already and continue to leave an impact here. And um, I am one of the many, 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 many who are so grateful that you found Chillicothe, Chillicothe <laughs> <laughs> as home. So we are very thankful and very blessed to have you. As am I. Yay. <laughs> I hope you enjoyed today's episode with Jade, and I hope that you are left feeling inspired, encouraged, and challenged to live a more intentional and fruitful life, even in the midst of busy seasons. If you have not checked Jade out yet, go check out her shop, The Stack. It is located in the Fort Collective. Go get a hug, go get some encouragement, some wisdom, and some laughs, because she really is just the best of the best. I hope you all have a fantastic week and I'll join you back here next Thursday for another episode of Pour It Out.